0: JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan. He is in full swing on the best in class podcast presented by Bill Curry Ford. Sean is all over quarterbacks today. Quarterbacks, 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 and a couple of questions. So post combine, he's looking at his top five quarterbacks and more what he likes, what he doesn't like. Plenty of great stuff. Always with an eyeball on our beloved Buccaneers billcurryford.com shop there while you listen to sean here he is hi everybody welcome to best in class with sean sullivan say hi grace hi guys best assistant there is i am super excited this is a big time for me we're doing qbs today but first uh, a moment from our sponsor. Please visit Bill Curry Ford. Please go on there and order a vehicle with my concierge service with, with Nikki. You will receive a $500 gift card. We'll track your car the whole way. We are giving up to $5,000 over Kelly Blue Book for your trade-in. Excellent time right now. March Madness is going on. Construction's going on. We have an amazing construction sale. So follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And um, big news. Right? We're gonna go over some listeners this morning uh, and and you know what's really exciting uh, about Joe Buck's fan is I'm doing QBs today, Grace, right? And I get an email about QBs. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. And then Justin Watson comes in with his amazing wife, and they come in and shows me his Super Bowl ring from Kansas City, which I, I know IRA is envious of. Uh, by the way, Jason Light Justin Watson is a free agent wide receiver who is would love to come back to Tampa, so let's make that happen because uh, Justin Watson proved that he can play and uh, we could use some uh, depth in that wide receiver room. So uh, I wish him the very best, and he is now a Bill Curry-Ford customer. Thank you so much, Justin Watson. Uh, Congratulations on your Super Bowl ring. Get to play with Patrick Mahomes. That's got to be exciting, and uh, wish you all the best. So getting back to uh, what we're going to talk about today, let's start with some emails from listeners, and then we'll jump right into my quarterback preview, which, as you know, is besides pass rushers, quarterbacks are the most exciting for me. You want to know why? Because I do the most research on quarterbacks, and I'm always right. Right? That's that's the best part of my podcast is if anybody out there can prove me wrong about what I'm talking about with quarterbacks, and I'm talking about I don't care if you're a paid consultant. I don't care if you're a scout because most scouts drink heavily. I don't care what you guys do. You will not beat me when it comes to scouting quarterbacks. It will not happen. Okay, that's why this information is so great. So let's jump into it. So so Christian Linkletter, thank you for your email. Sean, our new offensive coordinator on the podcast said he thought Sam Howe was the best QB out of last year's draft class, echoing what you said. Thank you so much, Christian. Uh, I have a confidence problem, Grace, so I need these people to really support me. Uh, What would be good to hear about is what makes a good QB prospect from a physical tools, tape and intangibles. Also, what makes them feel, even after being highly touted, Jameis Winston and other busts, I get that it's a loaded question, but its erratic play in college proved to be the case in the NFL. So what can we learn from that? Well-thought-out, well-structured question, Christian. This is my wheelhouse, right? So very excited to talk about this. So the reason why I liked Sam Howe last year was because Sam Howe was a two-year starter at North Carolina without a lot of top five talent. And you, when you see Sam Howe scramble out of the pocket and he's able to throw the ball with pinpoint accuracy, it's just not something that can be taught. Sam's timing was impeccable on his throws, too, which was another thing. And I think that you saw that. I think Washington finally saw that by the end of the year in practice and said, we're going into next year with Sam Howe as our starter, probably because he's practicing. But the reason why I was right about Sam Howe, and listen, Sam Howe could go out there and be a terrible quarterback. What I am right about is the fact that he is NFL-ready and the fact that I am a guy that looks at two things quarterback-wise. I don't care about how fast you run the 40. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care about your speed. I don't care about any of it. Christian, what I'm looking for is two things. One, accuracy. Two, timing. Those are the only two things I'm concerned about. And um, going back, and if you watch Sam Howell's film at North Carolina – his junior year was unbelievable accuracy. Uh, it, he, he put the ball on left shoulder, right shoulder. He put, it, he put it in front. He put it low. He put it high, depending on his receivers. It's like he recognized his talent, and he can throw those out throws, and he throws on the run amazingly well, and which is something you just can't teach. And So when I say timing, Sean, what's timing? Let me tell you what timing is. Timing. We're going to talk about C.J. Stroud on this podcast. I make no bones that C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this draft. And he's, the, and for me, the safest. Um, and we're going to talk about why and all those other reasons. C.J. Stroud, right now, when you look at his timing, watch when the ball is high. You can, now, don't just watch the three minutes of four, or five minutes of highlights. Joe, Joe Bucks fan listeners, please listen to me. Don't watch the highlights. Pull a game. Uh, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, if you watched C.J. Stroud against, let's say, Toledo, and you're like, okay, well, Toledo's not a great gauge of defensive talent. But what you can gauge is C.J. Stroud's timing and accuracy. In that game, he missed one pass through six touchdowns. Toledo had the number one ranked defense in in their division, and and their people were in place. But you what you can't beat is the timing. When C.J. Stroud gets into his drop, the ball is thrown on time every single time. It's amazing his timing. It's like it's like music. It's like when Brady was throwing uh, when Brady throws off the line of scrimmage. Now, he speeded up his timing this year. That's why he struggled, and that's why we struggled, is because he had offensive line worries, and he went from 2.36 to probably 2.14 seconds on on the drop, and he didn't give his receivers time to really get acclimated to the catch. And you see it over and over again. And when he missed, he missed in the dirt. Because he was trying to speed up his timing. If Tom Brady could have sat back in that pocket and had two point three seconds, two point four seconds to allow his wide receivers to their their pass to develop, their routes to develop, and he hits them on time. Tom, there's nobody better than Tom Brady. Let's let's just put that out there, okay? He sped it up, and it, and the results were mixed. The thing you get with C.J. Stroud is again. Very similar to Tom Brady in timing. One, two, three, one, two, three, one ball's out, one, two, three, one, two, three, the ball's out. I have never seen... Uh, a quarterback cinch, Andrew Luck, that I was watching tape on. And remember, I'm a Justin Herbert fan, and I love Justin Herbert. And I think he's he's just everything that I would want if I was a scout. And the scouts missed on him because he had a great junior year, and he struggled in his senior year because all of his players left. Well, guess what? Same thing happened to Sam Howe. He had an amazing junior year where he was a Heisman Trophy candidate. And then his senior year... His wide receivers tied in and two running backs went to the NFL, and he was left with a bunch of, of guys that were not NFL caliber players. And it makes, it makes more sense in college for you to struggle with those types of players than it does in the NFL. But I'm um, getting back to, to what Christian was saying is it is timing and accuracy. Everything else, Christian, throw it out. Also throw the interviews out. You know, one of the advantages, I I was talking to um, Justin Watson in the showroom. He was like, you know, how do you know so much about football and the players? And I was like, one, that's a wonderful compliment, first of all. And second, I was like, I'm a very observant person, but I don't have the internal bias that a scout has because they meet the players. And I'm telling you, this is what the difference is. I'm not saying that if I worked for the Glazers, I wouldn't be going like, I'm not going to meet the players because you're investing money in millions of dollars. I'm saying right now I have the advantage of not sitting down at the combine and talking to C.J. Stroud and going, yeah, you know, I came out of that interview and he wasn't as energetic as I thought he was going to be, so I'm going to put that in my notes. Or he wasn't as intelligent as far as the offensive scheme that I thought he was going to be. Or you sit down with Will Levis and you're like, Will Levis to me looks looks more of like a – you know, a, a partier, like uh, after your conversation. And, and then you have all these internal biases that happen because it, it doesn't matter, you're human and it's going to happen. And then you go back and you make your notes and you go, okay, so Will Levis likes to party. And in CJ Stroud, he just didn't have the energy that I liked. And, and when I met Anthony Richardson, he was just, he lit up the room and he was the smartest guy in the room and he ran a four three and he looks like a Greek God and he, he does all, but can he throw the ball? You know, running backs run, quarterbacks throw. I mean, is he a running back masquerading as a quarterback? I don't know. Is he very similar to the New Orleans player, Hill? And is he going to be able to throw better than him? And is he going to run like him? I I don't know. And we're going to get into that. We're going to break this down, Christian. But my point is I don't have these internal biases when I meet a player. I'm only looking at their tape. And I think that that gives me a, an amazing advantage. I didn't meet Sam Howe. I, I didn't look how tall he was. I didn't go out there and say, you know what? He's not a prototypical 6'4 quarterback, and he's a little thinner than I thought. Or he, you know, I, I, don't, I don't do that, right? I, I'm looking at Sam Howe going, okay, timing, accuracy. Timing, accuracy. Oh, and when you look at the Blitz and you look at how Sam Howe handled the Blitz and you look at C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud was not only number one against the Blitz, No, he was number one by a massive discrepancy between him and the next quarterback. You want to know why? Because C.J. Stroud can not only read defenses and not only is he super cerebral quarterback, his timing and accuracy defeats the other player's physical attributes. Meaning, if the defensive back is super fast, super strong, super long arms, if you if you can put a ball in places that eliminates the defensive back's ability to stop your play, and I see it over and over again with certain players, I still see it with Justin Fields, and I'm going to talk to you about Justin Fields. I was on this podcast talking about that I felt so bad that he went to the Chicago Bears because he went to the wrong system and the wrong coach, and... And if Justin Fields turns out not to be a very good NFL player if and he doesn't develop as a passer. And I, I thought that was hilarious when one of the guys I was talking to said, Sean, you know, Justin Fields can't throw the ball. And I'm like, do you know who holds the record for the for the most accurate downfield throws in college football history? That would be C.J. Str- Stroud. That would be Justin Fields. And. I'm like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Not only can Justin Fields throw the ball, he throws with timing and accuracy. And he's the most accurate long long ball thrower in Ohio State's history and college football history. And I'm like thinking to myself, how do these guys not know this information? Like I said, I know that this is my heart and soul and I love this stuff and I, I breathe this stuff. But there are certain things that make people so ignorant when they talk, when they say Justin Fields can't throw the ball. It's just so ignorant. He can throw the ball amazingly well. He is amazingly accurate. He has amazing timing. And yes, he can also run the ball. Yes, he's a great runner, but he's a great quarterback. He went to a bad system and bad coaching. So get to the back of Christian's thing when he said, why is there erratic play? Because you tried to make Justin Fields into a West Coast quarterback. That's why players fail, Christian. Players fail because coaches fail. One of the things that Lee tells me from Joe Bucks fan all the time, he says, never underestimate the pride of a coach. And coaches will get players and force them, force them into certain offensive schemes that don't fit them. One of those things is Justin Fields playing in in, in the offense that he was playing at and that's why it was so refreshing to have Dave Canales come out and say i'm going to design an offense around Kyle Trask i'm going to we're going to do what Kyle Trask does well same thing he did with Geno Smith that is an enlightened coach that is a guy that i'd like to have a beer with you know like and talk football with because that's somebody that understands that the player in my opinion the player can can defeat scheme if you have the right player they can defeat any scheme right and I don't think it works the other way around. There's a lot of people that go into a game plan against Patrick Mahomes, and they fail. Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan till I punch him in the mouth. And that's what happens in a football game. So based on the erratic play of quarterbacks, again, it's going to be player versus scheme, Christian. And I think that that's where the players go wrong. Jameis Winston had uh, accuracy problems in college. Somebody tinkered with Jameis Winston's mechanics when he came into the NFL, and it affected his long ball throwing because in college, he was absolutely outstanding. And it looks like they tried to take some time off his release. And I know he worked with one of these, quote, QB um, fixers in the offseason of his rookie year. And I think that that going down. I think that that really affects quarterbacks. Not only when you try to put them in a scheme that doesn't fit, you don't play to their strengths. But I don't think that that you tinker with their mechanics. I, it's not like when when Tiger Woods actually broke down his swing and rebuilt his swing. He hasn't won a major since. We know that that Jameis Winston's been throwing a football since he was a child, and he knows how to throw a football. He proved it in college. And then what? And I believe what we did was we had bad coaching. And it, it absolutely destroyed that man's career. But, or I don't think he would. I think he would have had a very successful career. We also put him in an offensive system um, where he threw or 30 interceptions and 50 touchdowns, where he didn't really um, fit that criteria of throwing down the field because he had lost his accuracy after his rookie year. But that's a that's a longer conversation. But Christian, thank you so much for the question. I hope I answered it. We're going to do our quarterback breakdown in 30 minutes, and I apologize. I went a little long, but it was just such a well-thought-out question, and I really wanted to make sure I answered it well. And then this question by Leopold Stotch. Hey, Sean, long time, no talk. Very much looking forward to our future podcast. I enjoy this time of the year as well because the only one in my group who pays attention and cares about the draft, your takes also help me look smarter, so I appreciate that. Again, Thank you so much for helping me build my self-esteem. It's very low. Anyway, got to ask you about this guy from Ohio State, Will McDonald. He's going to be 24, but apparently set a lot of Big 12 records for the Cyclones. Heard about him from a Puff piece on Yahoo. I don't remember him coming up in your past podcast, but with our beloved Bucks needing pass rush help desperately, do you think this guy's on your radar? So basically, Leopold. When I sent you back the the answer on him, he's an undersized defensive end who has been moving up draft boards since the combine with his speed. He's going to fit in a three four defense. I think Todd Bowles would like Will McDonald a lot because he you know he reminds me a, a lot of Shaquille Barrett. Is who he reminds me of Leopold. So I put it in my notes when I broke down. I you know I've obviously breaking down every single player in the draft with my NFL comparisons, and when I broke it down. You know uh, he will play in a three-four. He's undersized, um, but he's very fast. Has a lot of pass-rushing moves. And the reason why I think he's moved up into the into the latter ha- the the latter stages of the first round is just on his on his forty time, his, his vertical, his in his in his three cone. I think that that's one of the things that has really helped him. But as far as as far as an NFL comparison, Shaq Barrett kind of deal, where he's going to be a little bit smaller as a rushing um, outside linebacker but he plays the run well. I think th- I haven't mentioned him in my other podcast just because I haven't gone too deep in pass rushers and I believe that that there's going to be a couple of guys on the board that I think that we would look at first uh, o- over over McDonald, but we'll see how that goes, but I hope that answers your question. Grace, we're going to break down into the quarterbacks, the top 10 quarterbacks post combine quarterback breakdown starting with number 1, CJ Stroud. C.J. Stroud is the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes, 182 QB rating in college, 81 touchdowns to 12 interception ratio. He averaged 10 yards per throw, 7,775 yards passing, 70% completion percentage, right? Heisman Trophy finalist, everybody, everybody knows that. So this is what I'm talking about. Timing, accuracy. So C.J. Stroud threw 81 touchdowns. He threw for 8,000 yards, he threw for 10 yards a throw, and 70% completion, and he threw only 12 interceptions. I don't even have his rushing stats on here. That's not important because I don't really care about his rushing stats. I care about him, his QB stats as a thrower. And right now, no one's going to convince me that C.J. Stroud shouldn't be the number one overall pick. I think C.J. Stroud fits amazingly well with the Houston Texans. And I know that the Seattle uh, Sea Chickens are very interested in him at five. If one quarterback goes before C.J. Stroud, I don't know what scouts are looking at. And we're gonna and we're going to talk about Bryce Young next, and the mm-hmm. reason why I like Bryce Young and the and the reason why I wouldn't, if I was an NFL team, draft him over C.J. Stroud. This is going to be the C.J. Stroud is conversation. Is going to be that C.J. Stroud has a stronger arm. C.J. Stroud is going to be able to physically handle the NFL better than Bryce Young. That's one of those things where NFL teams like Jason Light, GMs like him, top GMs in the league, they still use a prototypical like size chart for different positions. Like, this is your linebacker position. This is your defensive lineman position. Hence the reason why players go up and down boards based on their height and weight uh, and speed. They have... Jason Light knows how big he wants his defensive tackles. He knows how big he wants his defensive ends. He knows how big he wants his offensive tackles. He knows how big he wants his guards. He knows how heavy he wants his center to be based on what kind of offensive scheme he's running, whether it's power or, or zone. He knows everything about every position. And when somebody comes along that doesn't fit that position size-wise, he has to, in his mind, think, is, where's, is the upside worth taking a chance in this guy or what's his bust potential? So C.J. Stroud is my, is my clear number one quarterback. There's nobody that's more precise uh, as far as timing and, and accuracy in this draft. C.J. Stroud proved that at the combine. He went out and he threw the ball, and he threw the ball with distance. He threw the ball with accuracy and timing. And every single NFL coach that, that, left, that talked about C.J. Stroud said he's just a pure thrower. And his accuracy is off the charts. I'll take that. Dave Canales, when he was talking to uh, Joe Bucks fans, said that there are certain quarterbacks that have stayed in the NFL for 10, 14, 15 years that are not stars. And he said they stay in the NFL because of their accuracy because they get the ball and they don't turn the ball over and in a pinch you can put them in and you know they're going to be they're going to have a high completion percentage and run your offense at a high level and one of those is Case Keenum if I'm Jason Light and I like Kyle Trask I don't know what kind of quarterback Kyle Trask is going to be I know what he was in college he was a guy you know, that throws 40 touchdowns and seven interceptions and a guy that throws 70% completion percentage, a guy that single-handedly almost beat an a, a Alabama team full of NFL stars by himself, a guy that literally is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in, in Florida history. And, again, you just saw Anthony Richardson say that he is a star and he's like a legend at Florida. All of those things are fine. Listen, I've never seen him with bullets flying live in a game, with the first team offense don't know how that's going to work i can't wait to see it but if i'm jason light right now and i'm in a room with the Glazers, and we're talking about we just lost tom brady we just lost our marketable star that fills the seats and makes us money all those primetime games were because of tom brady that's all of a, of a, of a tv contract the Glazers get to make all the money from the sold out stadiums that's all money that tom brady produced for the for the Glazers. Tom Brady's effect on Tampa, they're talking about, is in the five to $600 million range just in what he has brought in business to Tampa since he's been our quarterback. And then, of course, winning the Super Bowl. And then um, the fact that the Brady effect is huge, and I think the Glazers for the first time saw the, this effect. C.J. Stroud, right, is a guy that can change your franchise again for the positive. I would, if if CJ Stroud doesn't go number one and he falls down to two or three or four because scouts are are high or drinking, right? If that happens, if I'm Jason Light, I give up everything to get CJ Stroud. If it's the pick number five or pick number six, it's worth giving up two to three number one picks to get a guy that can be your quarterback for the next 12 13 years and win you championships like a Josh Allen, like a Justin Herbert, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes, like we would get our guy, you know, um, we would get our guy where where we can build around him and know we're making the playoffs every single year and know that we're competing for a Super Bowl every single year. CJ Stroud is your guy. All right, coming in at number 2 is Bryce Young. Now, Bryce Young, 5 foot 10 you know, he got up to 200 pounds for the combine. He played at 170 most of the year, which is everybody knows combine weight doesn't matter. When you get out in the heat and you're sweating and you're working out and you're running, you're going to lose that weight. Your body's not used to holding on to it. It's going to come off. You're, his playing weight probably going to be 185 when the when the season starts. Right? 162 QB rating, 75 to 12 TD interception to uh, uh, ratio. through for 8,000 yards. Right? Uh, you know, obviously, C.J. Stroud had better stats, but that's not a problem. That's not what I'm talking about. Bryce Young, extremely accurate quarterback. His arm strength is not as good, right? So that's one of the things we can talk about is, is okay, how valuable is arm strength? It's not valuable when you're as accurate as Bryce Young. So I'm going to give him a compliment and say, I don't care about his arm strength. I know that guys are bringing it up right now. I don't care about his arm uh, arm strength. He's so accurate that that doesn't come into play. He can throw on the run very similar to, to top players uh, in the league as far as throwing on the run. My problem with Bryce Young is he does not fit the prototypical mold that I would use as a, as a franchise to give up number one picks for and think that he's going to make it in the NFL. I think that he can come out. I think he's going to light it up early. I think you're going to see him play extremely well until the hits start coming. When the hits start coming, I think I, I think there's a chance. And I'm not saying – listen, Bryce Young could be the unicorn. He could be the Doug Flutie of this situation, right? He could be the Jim McMahon of this situation. And he could be different than everybody else. I can only tell you as a GM, statistically, I would not draft a guy that is against all odds to stay healthy in the NFL. He wasn't healthy at Alabama, right? This goes back to my conversation last year about corners. Health, being healthy in college and being healthy in the pros. Bryce Young, we have no idea how many concussions he had at Alabama. We have no idea. We don't know how many, how many concussions Tua had at Alabama. We know that he's had five since he's entered the NFL, and we know that the Miami Dolphins said we don't care how well he throws the ball, he can't stay on the field. We don't know if we're going to extend his fifth-year option. My problem with Bryce Young is I think it's just too much of a risk to pass on C.J. Stroud to draft Bryce Young and, and, and then worry about him all the time getting hurt. I just think that that's a possibility as a GM that I'm not willing to make. Now, my number three quarterback is going to surprise everyone in this room and probably everyone in Tampa. My number three quarterback was the SEC Player of the Year, Hendon Hooker, out of Tennessee. Let me put some learning on you, right? Hendon Hooker's stats, 58 touchdowns to five interceptions. Eh, it's pretty good. I would say that's probably one of the best I've ever seen. 6,000 yards. Again, I don't care about his rushing yards, but he did did overrush for over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. So I loved, loved, loved him after the combine. So obviously he didn't work out the combine. He actually went up and was talking to the coaches, and he said, the biggest knock on me, and everybody keeps telling me the biggest knock on me is the offense that I played in, where I played in an offense that was basically, I didn't have to get to my second progression, that I threw to my first progression the majority of the time. I can't help it if my receivers get open. That my first my first progression wide receiver gets open consistently. I can't help that as a quarterback. I put the ball on him where it was supposed to be. I was accurate with the ball. I, I, I and I'm 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 going, I'm listening like with open ears, going, this guy is amazing. Like he's 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 literally understanding what they're gonna say about him and, and his rebuttal is so good. He's like, he's like, listen. The reason why I don't have a lot of tape on second and third progressions is because I I was able to hit my first in stride on time, boom. I mean I'm like I'm like, my goodness, Hendon. I mean you could not have said this better. If Hendon if Hendon Hooker drops in this draft, and 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 he drops to the third round, right? I I think that you do everything you can to get him. I think without this knee injury, Hendon Hooker is a first round draft pick. And I think even if he was healthy, he would be underrated because he played at Tennessee. But you don't play in the SEC. You're not SEC player of the year where every single defense has to to plan for you. And you're that explosive of a quarterback. And then people are going to go, well, you know, I really don't like the way he played. Listen, was he accurate? Can he throw on time? The answers are yes. Extremely accurate. 58 touchdowns, five interceptions, right? His completion percentage, almost 67%. Hendon, I, 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 I'm fascinated by people who take away and go, well, he's an athlete. They're all athletes, guys. Stop saying the word athlete. Every single one of these guys is an athlete, or they wouldn't be playing in the NFL. Please stop, all right? Do me a favor. Sean Selvin best in class, said stop using the word athlete. They're all damn athletes, okay? Is he a quarterback? This guy is a quarterback. I want him on my team. I would love for him to come in and compete with Kyle Trask if that happens. I just don't think we're going to have the draft capital to draft Hendon Hooker. I just don't think we're going to have it. I think we have too many needs going into this year. I think Todd Bowles is going to go. I don't want to draft a quarterback. I want to draft a defensive lineman, and that's what's going to happen. But if it does happen, you know I'm not going to be upset about it. Will Levis would be my next quarterback. 46 touchdowns, 25 interceptions, 5,800 pa- uh, 5, yards passing, 64% completion percentage. I don't understand the Will Levis thing. I, I, I know that Mel Kuiper is saying this is his number one quarterback. Will Levis looks the part. He has the arms, right? He looks like a, a bodybuilder. I get it. He has the height and the weight, and he can run, and he can do all those things. He doesn't throw the ball with accuracy. If, if, if anybody wants to watch Will Levis, don't watch his highlights. Watch the Florida Gators play Will Levis. Right? Kentucky. Watch the game. The Florida Gators did not have a defensive backfield worth a darn this year. Okay? They didn't. Will Levis couldn't do anything against that porous Gator defense. It was really eye-opening going, wow, it's... I, I don't understand this guy. I don't understand him being the number one overall guy. And then they're going to say, well, it's it's kind of like the idea that he didn't have anybody around him. Okay, I'll give him that. He he had a better year the prior year with more people. I, and I'm one of those guys. Fine, I'll give him that. He does not show he, – he has moxie. I'll give him that. He doesn't show me that he's going to come in and run an offense. Like the, the Colts – apparently the Colts have been linked to this guy. They're all over him. And they and the Indianapolis Colts want Will Levis. I I think he's a big project. I I, I think he's a project and if he and I, I don't see what everybody else sees in him. I see size and prototypical. Yes. Does he look like he belongs on a Wheaties box? Absolutely. He's handsome. He's got big muscles. I get it all. He's got the strong arm. He looks like the front of a franchise. But does he play like one? And I, I just, I, I, I find the inconsistency of Will Levis worrisome if I'm a GM. I worry about it. He, he's, he's too inconsistent for me to be comfortable drafting him this high. That's my Will Levis stuff. Um, Anthony Richardson um, is my next quarterback slash running back slash tight end. To, uh, and listen, I know about the workout. I know about the 4 40 time. How does that compare to Tom Brady's 40 time? right? That's what I want to ask, right? Who cares? He rushed for 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. He threw 24 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, right? And he only threw for 3,000 yards. Let me just tell you something about Anthony Richardson. I am a Gator fan. Everybody that listens to my podcast knows that I am a diehard Gator and have been since I was a boy. I have watched every quarterback from Shane Matthews to Danny Warfield to Dean – you know, to Tim Tebow, I've seen them all. I've seen all the quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson was supposed to be better than all of them. He got a head coach fired, actually, because he wasn't playing him, because he wanted to play Emory Jones instead. Anthony Richardson gets in the game, and he plays the Utah game, and you're like, okay, now I see what everybody's seeing with this guy. He's amazing, right? He, he His balls were on target. He threw downfield. He He did his progressions. He ran the ball extremely well. Then we get into the Kentucky game, and he can't hit the broadside of a barn. He can't hit anybody on time. The ball comes out late. The ball comes out early. He has no touch on any throw whatsoever. He tries to throw every ball through a barn door, right? He tries to throw everything through a wall. And he actually came out during the combine interviews and said, my job is to throw the ball, not catch the ball. They can deal with the speed and, and, and how hard I throw the ball. They need to catch it, right? That's not how this works. Right, you, you have to have touch There's a reason why That you take something off of some balls And throw the balls hard There's a reason You don't just throw one speed Right? It just, that, to me that was just an, A very immature thing to say uh, as, a, as, a, as a team leader They just need to adjust To how I throw the ball That shows a lack of maturity No, you, you, it's your teammate If your teammate says Listen, I'm open And you're five yards down the field You don't need to throw it and knock the receiver down or break his fingers or his hands. I was a little boy when Doug Williams was throwing the ball over at, at the old one-buck place where we can actually go sit in a cooler and watch uh, an afternoon practice at, 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 at one-buck place when it was by the airport. This was actually, you know, something I did as a kid. And I watched Doug Williams throw the ball so hard that the receivers would have to go tape their fingers because they would sprain their fingers all practice long, and some of them were broken. And and that was why Doug Williams was working on his touch. That guy could throw the ball harder than 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 pretty much anybody I saw until Vinny Testaverde. But I will tell you, there's a lot to be said for being able to throw the ball with touch. Anthony Richard has zero. Accuracy, zero. Right? I don't care about his arm strength. I don't care how fast he can run the ball. He's not a running back. He's a quarterback. I don't care about any of it. The guy can't read progressions... And if he can read progressions, he had wide open wide receivers and overthrew them all game long with nobody around him. Nobody around him. He's throwing absolutely inaccurate footballs. And by the way, I was listening to Mel Kuyper talk about Anthony Richards' offensive line and his thing. So let me just tell you something about Anthony Richards' offensive line. It was rated number two in the SEC. You're going to have two NFL draft picks, one first-round draft pick off that offensive line. It was an excellent offensive line. You want to know why it was an offensive line that was excellent? It had the number one rushing offense in the SEC between NTN and, and Montel Johnson. I'm, and I'm telling you right now, you had an amazing running game. You had an amazing offensive line and you couldn't throw the ball. That's bad. I just don't think that Anthony Richardson can be fixed uh, overnight or over two or three years. This is, for me, this is the conversation that we had last year when everybody was pushing these athletic quarterbacks up, up over Sam Howe, and I'm like, I don't understand how, how you, in what world is Malik Willis better than Sam Howe as a quarterback? In what world? Like, apparently only in the NFL world. And guess who was right? This guy was right. The NFL world was wrong. And I don't care how much work you're going to do. I watched, I watched him, Willis, on Monday night football complete six passes. I watched them run the ball as a quarterback sneak on third and 12, on third and 10. You want to know why? Because he can't throw the ball. Okay? They, it, 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 it was so obvious by the second half of that game, that the defense was just going to ride the line of scrimmage and Tennessee was going to do absolutely nothing. Now, Malik Willis is not the runner that Anthony Richardson is. Anthony Richardson is a, I I guess, a a once-in-a-lifetime type running back for a quarterback position. He's big, strong, and fast, and he breaks a lot of tackles, and he can jump over uh, linebackers, but he was also hurt a lot. He was hurt in the majority of his games this year, and he was hurt last year, and he missed several games last year. So everybody can talk about what a great runner he is, but he doesn't stay healthy. He had ankle injuries, shoulder injuries, foot injuries. What is he going to do in the pros when bigger, faster guys are hitting him? I mean, what's he going to do? I have no idea. I know he's going to throw a lot of picks. I can tell you that right now. And that's not something I want as, as, as a deal. But I put him where he's at because Tanner McNeil or McKee out of Stanford and Jake Hainer, who we saw throw the ball at the senior ball at Fresno State, just don't have it. I mean, these guys are fifth round, sixth round uh, um, picks. Um, Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue, same thing. Jaron Hall out of BYU. I saw Jaron Hall throw. I thought out of all of those guys, out of these like third or fourth tier guys, Jaron Hall and Jake Hainer pretty much threw the ball better than anybody else. Those two guys are could have a chance to be a backup in the NFL. They have a chance. The, um, I have no idea how, how good Tanner McKee is going to be. I, I wasn't a big fan of him. I, I, I know he's getting some hype. And Aiden O'Connell threw for 9,000 yards for Purdue the you know, the most since Drew Brees and that's why he's getting some hype. A lot of guys, a lot of scouts are really high on and this guy I just I don't see it. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong on these guys. I'm just I'm just I haven't been wrong when it comes to these guys. So I'd be interested to see how they do. But uh, I'm going to, my last quarterback that I want to talk about, and I hope you enjoyed your best in class breakdown of quarterbacks because I love doing this stuff. Please send me your emails to bestinclass at G Thomas at Ford.com. Please send me your questions. I'd love to go over them. But Brock Purdy last year brings up an interesting, interesting conversation out of Iowa State, and he was the seventh round pick of the San Francisco 49ers, and he was the last pick in the draft. And he had a very good six-game run where we don't have a lot of defensive tape on him, which next year they will. And he got injured, of course, where he might not be ready for training camp, which is unfortunate for him because I'd like to see what he's going to be able to do when actually defenses know what, um, what he likes to do. And, of course, Kyle Shanahan's a fantastic coach. My my thought on this is, is Stetson Bennett this year's Brock Purdy? Is Are we all sleeping on Stetson Bennett because he is – Five-foot, I don't know, what, what is he going to be, 5'10", five, 5'9"? Five, he, he's not heavy, right? He's under 200 pounds, and his, all he did at Georgia was complete 70% of his passes for 4,000 yards, and he threw 27 touchdowns. He only threw seven interceptions with a 161 quarterback ranking. Now, he is more of a game manager than a game changer, but I think he showed at the Combine that his arm is, is definitely strong enough to make every throw in the NFL. He's smart enough to make those throws based upon the fact that he threw 27 and 7. So he's going to be very accurate with the ball at 70% completion. But he did play with the best offensive line and some of the best receivers and tight ends in, in, in college football history. That's for sure. So the, those tight ends are Darnell Washington. That's a whole nother conversation. If I, I, if I were Jason Light, there, there's no way. I don't put Darnell, that Darnell Washington's not a Buccaneer going into next year. There's no way I'd let that happen. But anyway, getting back to Stetson Bennett, is st- if we don't get with like a Hendon Hooker early in the third round or whatever, and we get we have an extra fifth-round pick, we have an extra sixth-round pick, I think Stetson Bennett might be there in the fifth or sixth, kind of like I think Jaron Hall and, and Jake Hayner will be from Fresno State. Those guys will be in that range. I'm taking a chance on Stetson Bennett because of his pedigree. The guy, the guy works extremely hard. He's a walk-on. I love his attitude. He has moxie. He might be a career backup, but what if he's not? What if he's this outliner that we're all missing? He's accurate with the ball, and he has amazing timing. Going back to what Christian said on his email, what am I looking for in a quarterback? I don't care about their height. I don't care about their weight. I care does he throw the ball on time and how, accuracy, how accurate is he? And Stetson Bennett throws the ball on time with accuracy. I'm taking a chance on Stetson Bennett late if he's there. We look at the prototypical size, kind of like with Bryce Young, and and that's what's holding me back on him. When I said, does he have accuracy and timing? He does, but not as good as C.J. Stroud. And that's the, that. That's the difference for me. Is if if they're the same accuracy and the same timing, but one is bigger and stronger than the other, I have to go with the bigger, stronger. If the accuracy and the timing is the same. And those guys, the accuracy and timing are very, very similar. Uh, So I have to go with CJ Stroud over that. Hendon Hooker is another guy that we talked about. Uh, I think Will Levis is going to be overrated. Anthony Richardson, I think is not a first round draft pick. And listen, he might surprise us all where he goes into an off season and they tinker with his throwing motion because he doesn't set his feet, doesn't set his shoulders. I, 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 I don't like his, his throwing lanes at all, but you know, Maybe he gets it with the right quarterback guru and they can fix his throwing motion. And I'm thinking to myself, they did that with, they tried to do that with Byron Lefwich coming out of Marshall and it never materialized for Byron. You know, they tried to do that. I think with Jameis Winston, I I really do think that Jameis Winston had a problem when they they tinkered with his throwing motion. They lowered his ball uh, after the hike and he preferred to have it up higher because that's where he was comfortable. And I want them to throw where they're comfortable. But getting back to this, My number one guy is C.J. Stroud. If the Glazers are listening to this podcast and you're not tanking, which no one's going to say you're tanking, you know, for Caleb Williams or May out of North Carolina, that's next year. We don't even know if they're going to have catastrophic injury. We don't know what's going to happen with those guys. Putting your eggs in a basket of something that's unknown to me makes no sense. This is what I do know. It is March 2023. The draft is next month, and C.J. Stroud's on the board. That's what I know, and, and I'm going after him with both guns of blaring. And, and, and that's based on a lot of factors for me, and if Kyle Trask is the next Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, if he's the next great guy, then I have two guys on my team, and one of them I can trade. I just don't know how you can pass C.J. Stroud up. Thank you for listening to the Best in Class Quarterback Breakdown post-Combine. Uh, we're going to be ranking every position now all through the offseason. I hope you enjoyed it. Please email me at bestinclass at G Thomas at billcurryford.com. Follow us at Bill Curry Ford Tampa Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please go to billcurryford.com. See all of our amazing specials that we have going on right now. Please fight inflation at Bill Curry Ford with rates starting at 0% if you can believe that. Bill Curry Ford can get you 0% on select vehicles and on CPOs. We have rates starting uh, as low as 2.9%. So please let me know uh, if you need anything at my email. I have a great staff. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It went a little long today, but Steve, Steve, you can't blame me, buddy. I love this stuff. All right? I'll see you guys next week. We're going to start breaking down some running backs, another fun podcast.